Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Brandon Lang with BrandonLang.com, and this is my maiden voyage into the podcast world here on the Believe Podcast Network. And I tell you what, I've had a lot of takes since the movie came out in 2005. For those of you who don't know me, of course, the movie Two for the Money was a movie based on my life with Matthew McConaughey playing me, Al Pacino playing my boss, Jeremy Piven as well, Rene Russo, pretty damn good movie. And I've had a lot of takes over the years on ESPN, all over the country on radio, and, and, and I guess it, I would be remiss if I didn't start off my first podcast with the rant that everybody always talks about, and that's my opinion of Tiger Woods. I've been around Tiger Woods. I've had uh, run-ins with Tiger Woods. I've had some very close, dear friends up close and personal with Tiger Woods, and I guess what people don't realize about Cheetah Woods is he's just not a very good person. And when you break down Tiger Woods and you break down why Tiger Woods became what Tiger Woods became, which is basically a pussy hound who cheated on his wife and doesn't care about nobody, you got to understand that when Tiger Woods was at Stanford, his nickname was Urkel. Now, let me put that in perspective for you, Urkel. We all saw Family Matters. We all know what Urkel looked like. That was his nickname. That's how big of a geek he was. And so when Tiger Woods came into $25 million in Nike money when he was 19 years old, who was the last girl Tiger Woods was linked to? It wasn't Rachel, you could tell. Ladies and gentlemen, it was Jessica James. And can I tell you something? You know what Jessica James' nickname was in porn circles? Yeah, you guessed it. The Queen of Kink. So where was Tiger going? Where was that sexual ceiling going to top off at? Do you understand that? Where, where was the end-all, be-all until he got caught? Where was he going? Ladies and gentlemen, to understand Tiger Woods is understand he is one fucked up individual. Taught from when he was very young. The only thing, Tiger, you care about in your life and the only person that matters is you. Taught by his mother and his father. If you haven't read the book Tiger Woods, read the book by Armin Katayan. It is a must read. Tiger cares nobody but about himself. That's it. And if you were burning on the side of the road and he was driving by, he wouldn't piss on you to put out the fire. He would drive on by. Because if you can't help Tiger Woods, he's got no place for you in his life and no place for anybody but himself. My wife deals blackjack. Used to deal blackjack at, the, at Mandela Bay. Two of her friends made Tiger $2.5 million in 45 minutes. But he got it from the table. He said he was going to take a 30-minute break. How much he tipped him? $100 each off a $2.5 million win. That's the guy you root for. That's the guy you love. That's the guy you want to know. Yeah, nice talking to you. Have a nice day. Tiger Cheetah Woods, and you root for this guy? He's king scumbag number one. All right. NFL football last night. Dallas and Tennessee still pretty surprised they got over the posted total of 40 with two of the best defenses in the NFL. And so now the Dallas Cowboys are in the abyss. And our Troy Aikman said that they need to revamp the organization from top to bottom. Well, listen. Dallas Cowboys were doomed back when Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson had their rift. They were the most dominant team in the NFL. And if Jerry Jones could have just set his ego aside and let Jimmy Johnson do what Jimmy Johnson does, the Dallas Cowboys would have probably had five to six Super Bowl championships. The problem is Jerry Jones can't. Jerry Jones' ego has to be uh, bigger than everyone else's, and he has to have his hands in it. And as long as Jerry Jones is the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, mark my words, they will never again win a Super Bowl championship. That's the bottom line. That's where they're at. I know it's hard for people to accept that, but they haven't come close. 
Think about this. They haven't come close to sniffing a Super Bowl since Jimmy Johnson quit and walked out that door and said, hey, Jerry, fuck you. And that's basically where that went. And if you don't believe that, look at the history. Look at the two playoff wins. Look at their record in the playoffs since Jimmy Johnson left. The demise of the Dallas Cowboys is on one person and one person only. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is none other than Jerry Jones. Before the Monday night game, we had Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady going at it on Sunday Night Football. And the amazing thing to me when you watch football, ladies and gentlemen, is how bad the play calling is. That was as bad a display for two elite quarterbacks that we have, we have seen in quite some time. You can't pick up a third and two. Green Bay had multiple third and twos with all those athletes and Aaron Rodgers that they couldn't pick up. The New England Patriots were first and goal at the three-yard line. They couldn't punch it in. These quarterbacks left more, more points off the board than any two quarterbacks of their stature that I can remember. And I tell you something right now, it's unbelievable to me the jobs that these people have in the NFL, coaches, coordinators, as bad as play calling is across the board. There are exceptions to the rule. The Rams, of course, the Saints, of course, which was an unbelievable game the other day. That was, of course, a 200-dimer on my website, number five in a row, the Super Bowl being number four in a row. And I just felt the Saints were in a good spot at home, uh, catching two. And Drew Brees, of course, did what Drew Brees does on the big third and six late in the game to ice it with a touchdown pass to Thomas. You, of course, have the cell phones planted, uh, paying homage to Joe Horn, and that was just as good as it gets by the New Orleans Saints. Mark this down right now. New Orleans Saints, L.A. Rams, whoever gets home field advantage in the playoffs is going to the Super Bowl. Mark that down unless the Philadelphia Eagles defense gets really healthy because of all the defenses in the NFL, in the NFC rather, the best defense of those elite teams is the Philadelphia Eagles. Second maybe would be Carolina, but as far as the offensive juggernauts, Minnesota would be there as well, but I don't think Minnesota can match the offensive firepower of the Saints or the Rams. And, of course, we saw the Rams and in, in the in, the Vikings play a 38-31 game out in L.A. Cousins lit them up. We saw, of course, Minnesota and the Saints play. Saints won that game 30-20 where Drew Brees threw for just a buck 20. And then, of course, we saw the Rams and Saints where Drew Brees put up 45. So I think when it comes down to it, it's a four-team race in the NFC with Minnesota, Saints, Rams, and Eagles. But you can't count out Cam and the Carolina Panthers, but I think as far as the Panthers are concerned, their defense a little suspect to get them over the top. Big game this Thursday, of course, Carolina and Pittsburgh. We'll get a better idea of where Carolina is at defensively going up against Big Ben. Also, AFC, outlook, quick picture, New England, Kansas City. Can't discount Pittsburgh. Um, I think they match up well with both Kansas City and New England. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's got a better chance to beat Kansas City than New England does. Remember the epic game they had earlier this year? I believe Fondux will 43-37 in Pittsburgh before Pittsburgh kind of got it going. Um, I think those three teams and, and how it falls, who has home field advantage. Right now the Chiefs have home field advantage with the tiebreaker over the Patriots. Pittsburgh's playing well, though, without Le'Veon Bell. Connor's been great. Uh, at the end of the day, Unless the Chiefs stumble, they got a big game coming up against the Rams out in L.A. in a couple weeks. That'll give you a better idea of where they're at and where the Rams are at. Potential Super Bowl preview there. 
Uh, it's going to be an unbelievable game to watch. Um, but at the end of the day, it'll be interesting to see. If Pittsburgh's got to go through New England, we know how New England owns Pittsburgh. If Pittsburgh's got to go through Kansas City, then you may have an upset in the making based on how Kansas City has been in the playoffs under Andy Reid. We all know the first-round exit last year, which was quite shocking um, um, by them at Tennessee. So um, interesting in the AFC, but I think the AFC is now a three-horse race with Pittsburgh, um, New England, and the Kansas City Chiefs. That'll do it for NFL Talk this week. Take it at a glance real quick for the upcoming games this weekend. I got to tell you, some pretty interesting ball games. Start with that Thursday night game. Um, I think the, the current line is Pittsburgh 5, um, total in the neighborhood of 47. Um, of course, Pittsburgh offensively is rolling like you would not believe. Um, I think at the end of the day, can they keep it rolling against Carolina? Like I said, it's 4 now and 51 and a half for Thursday night. Uh, might have a light lean on the Panthers um, but that game's definitely going over the post a total of 51.5, so you can, you can kind of lock that one in right there. Sunday at a glance, New Orleans, they're in a huge letdown spot. They've just gone through the Ravens, the Vikings, the Rams laying 4.5 at Cincinnati. Um, pretty interesting. Their problem is Cincinnati's defense can't play dead in the Western, so they can't stop anybody. Um, that'll be interesting to see that, too. Low post a total of 54 um, with the Saints rolling the way they are offensively. New England goes to Tennessee. Titans look good on Monday night. Number one defense in the NFL, catching close to a touchdown. Interesting number there. Um, could be a live dog on the board. Uh, Jacksonville, Indi- Indianapolis, next. Arizona, Kansas City, next. Seattle Rams, interesting game there, 10. Seattle plays the Rams tough. Remember, first meeting this year in Seattle, 33-31. Um, Seattle had their way with that Rams defense, let down for the Rams last week. And think about the Rams. They've had Green Bay. They've had New Orleans. Now come back home, lay that kind of number. Might be a little too heavy wood there uh, for them to be laying there. Atlanta, Cleveland, and Washington, Tampa Bay. Not much there. Miami, Green Bay. Thanks, no thanks. Detroit, Chicago. Thanks, no thanks. Chargers in Oakland. John Gruden. Thanks, no thanks. Dallas, Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia could blow them out. And, of course, the Monday night game, who gives a shit? Giants and San Francisco, wow. And the numbers three, by the two and a half, you should be okay there. That's NFL Week 10 at a glance. Now let's take a look at college football. And, first of all, what we'll do with college football right now is we'll essentially break down for you that when you look at the, the bowl college playoffs, Alabama is impressive as they were against LSU last week. Um, what can you say about that? I don't see them losing to Georgia in the SEC championship game. So go ahead and put Alabama in the Final Four right now. Clemson um, laying 20 at Boston College this week. think that game will be a little closer than you think. But breaking down the ACC, um, nobody's going to beat Clemson. They will go undefeated. They will be locked in at number two. Notre Dame's got Syracuse in a couple of weeks at home. Um, could be a potential pitfall. Um, then of course they got to go out and play the Trojans, USC. Uh, I don't foresee them losing that game either, uh, down year for USC. And so if you look at Notre Dame going undefeated, they will be locked into the number three spot. So here's the question. Oklahoma runs the table. Michigan runs the table. What do you do? Georgia loses to Alabama in the SEC championship game. So it's going to come down to Michigan or Oklahoma. If Michigan beats Ohio State in a very dominant effort, which I believe they will, 
I believe Michigan blows Ohio State out. Mark my words, you heard it here first. I don't think the game's close. I think Michigan goes in there and punches Urban Meyer in the mouth. He's got the brain aneurysm causing headaches going on. I think this might force him into retirement as badly as he's going to get beat. Your fourth team in the Final Four is going to be Michigan. And lock that, know that, print that. That's my prediction right now. So now, you got Alabama, you got Clemson, you got Notre Dame, you got Michigan. You got Michigan playing Alabama. Alabama's offense versus Michigan's number one ranked college football defense, which basically punished Penn State a couple of weeks ago, and or last week rather. And then, of course, you got a great matchup of Clemson and Notre Dame. Just offhand, Clemson probably be probably be a probably a ten point favorite in that, maybe a seven point favorite. I would probably lay it as they blow Notre Dame out. I would say Alabama's minus seventeen against Michigan. Um, I think that's too many. I think Michigan's defense is legit. Problem is offensively, they struggle a little bit. I think if if you've played Alabama first half every week this year, you've won your bet every single week this year. Um, that will be an interesting game. Michigan's defense versus Alabama's offense in the semifinal game. Um, but when it's all said and done, I think Bama has too much, and we're going to get what we all want. That is round three of Clemson and Alabama. Um, that's going to be great. It's going to be unbelievable. Um, that's the playoff picture in college football. Uh, this week, any pitfalls I see on the college board? Not really. As I mentioned before, Clemson laying 20 at Boston College seems like a lot based on how Boston College has been playing. Good dominant effort uh, last week, actually two weeks ago, when they took care of Miami on a Friday night. Um, elsewhere. Not much on the college card. Oklahoma State goes into Oklahoma. Don't think Mike Gundy's got enough there. Um, interesting game in the Pac-12, Oregon and Utah. But the Pac-12 is kind of a uh, secondary thing here as they won't crack the Final Four again. Auburn, Georgia, interesting matchup in the SEC, although Georgia's lane 14 in that one. Of course, Mississippi State and Alabama. Alabama lane 25. A lot of people liking Mississippi State in that game. I, again, say take Alabama in the first half, minus 14 and you probably have yourself a window there. Bottom line, Mississippi State struggled to score three points um, at Kentucky. Um, or I think the final score is 28-7. Um, you scored seven at Kentucky. What are you going to do against Alabama? The only thing, Alabama might be in a little bit of a letdown situation after that monster Saturday night win at LSU. That's about it. Texas, Texas, Texas Tech, nothing there. LSU at Arkansas, nothing there. Cal USC, nothing there. That pretty rounds out your college football slate. So that's a look at football. That's a, a, a brief insight as to what you'll get here on the podcast, a little breakdown of the NFL, a little breakdown of Tiger Cheetah Woods, a playoff picture, and any other rant or things we have going on. That's week 10 of the NFL as well. So a lot going on, another big week of football. Bottom line, if you enjoy this show, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can find us at Believe.com or at Believe Podcasts. And, and please feel free to rate this show on iTunes and your social network spaces as well. I'm Brandon Lang from BrandonLang.com, and we'll talk to you next week with round two of my uh, podcast life as we go live each week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E. 
AV on YouTube.